I'm so lonely, so lonely, so lonely and sad, real alone. Dead, no one, just me only, sitting on my rental Okay, well, welcome to episode one of the Crook and Candle podcast with your hosts, Jordan Jennings and Trajan. Okay. I thought you were going to say your whole name. Oh, Trajan and Teus. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, I'm glad to be doing this again. Uh, We did, well, we technically did our first episode. Had to get our feet wet. Yeah, got our feet wet, um, which um, that was just more of a tester. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure. Make sure everything was working. Yeah, and it did. And honestly, it was a pretty good episode but um that was just kind of like us just going off the cuff and mm-hmm. not really having anything planned and just kind of introducing what the podcast was exactly and what our plans for it was and um so yeah anyways um so for, we talked about this before like the day before like like because we were talking about ideas of things to talk about mm-hmm. just to kind of you know figure out what topics we wanted to touch upon and we came across a topic actually something i like when i was setting up the trello because we have a trello that we set up so we can just get our ideas down and schedule things and all that stuff and uh, one of the ideas i put down was uh about the uh the myth of the lonely artist is it true um and if it is what is it like from people who are creatives and have you know and are artists and you know have uh been in that realm so and um i mean i don't know if you want to start first or if you if i can if i if you know i I guess i could start first i i guess if you want ask me a question okay well actually i'll ask you (laughs) first because you've been an artist longer than i have this is true you know because you know you're my dad so um what is your experience uh with the whole lonely artist shit like what is your um, perspective. I, I definitely believe that when you're well, okay, it's it's it comes down to kind of the definition of lonely. Um, I think the outside world will look at an artist and say they're lonely, mm-hmm. um, which can definitely be true in some cases because when you're an artist, you tend to more often than not work in a vacuum. You're not you yeah. know, surrounded with like-minded people and actually as an artist it's it's kind of a you know it can be hard challenging to find other people right um so i i this is why i know we're going to end up talking about mental health around being an artist as well Mm -hmm. because um you know it's when you're an artist you're definitely more to me anyways this is my take you're definitely more fringe you're at the fringe of of kind of society. You're doing things that other people don't or don't even think about wanting to do it. Right. Like sitting there and drawing or writing poetry, mm-hmm. you know, or going into a, a room and dancing around. Right. You know, <laughs> so that and so that's it, it has its upsides mm-hmm. because, you know, same acting, being able to to be someone else and remember lines and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, there's this upside to where people on the outside that aren't willing to do what you're doing. And they look at it as very hard when they see you do it, they kind of champion you like, yeah, that's awesome. That, you know, they clap mm-hmm. and they hoot and holler and howl and tell you you're fucking awesome. Um, but, then there's the downside of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and a lot of times just really having people that are close to you, but really understanding that they don't really understand mm-hmm. what is in your mind and in your heart when it comes to being an artist. It's a very private thing. So um, mm-hmm. there's been times when I've been extremely depressed <laughs> mm-hmm. while I, I can relate. as an artist, um, I took it a lot of times as, well, that's just being an artist. <laughs> and it's not. That's a myth. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I don't think there's a really a myth around the, the lonely artist because, I mean, I think that any artist that's going to make it will turn what others will call a, a weakness, like you want to be, you're a loner. Right. You're a loner. It's more more not a myth, but more of a misconception. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, well, no. Like, I, I think I'm kind of what you would call an extroverted introvert. Sure. I, I get what you I mean. have a very, very small group of people. Yeah. I don't have a bit. Uh, there will be a lot of people that kn might know me, but I don't. They're not my people. Mm -hmm. I keep that very, very small. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think uh, I can turn it on. I can be charming around people. But if you take me to a party, I'm not going to be in the middle trying to be, yeah. you know, hey, look at me. I might be on the side cracking jokes and making people laugh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and I'll, you know, I might leave without saying goodbye because I like <laughs> to do, I like I, to do the French leave uh, or whatever or they the, call the, it. The Irish goodbye. The Irish goodbye, just poof. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah, yeah, that describes me to a T. I, I mean, feel. it's dangerous because something could happen to you. And no one will know. Just right. Like he was yeah, there. Exactly. We sure. never saw him again. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely can relate to that because, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely more of like, I, I, I prefer my own space mm -hmm. most of the time, but I do like being around people to an extent. Like if yeah, like if you threw like I've had many instances where it's like, hey, you want to come to this party? So I'll be like, all right, I'll try and go there, and then I go in for like a few minutes or like for a few seconds, and it's like a bunch, like a wave of like a tuna can of sard or a can of sardines filled filled a room people. of people. You know, like that's kind of what I liken it to when you just go into a room and it's just packed with people, like you feel like a sardine in a can. And, it's, and I just hate that shit. I don't like that at all. Like, I don't mind being social, but it's just, like, I like being around a few people. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people. Smaller, I, more intimate gathering. Yeah, exactly. That's more my thing. Like, well, uh, say, I'm, I'm definitely the same. I like it. I've went to see, and again, I go, it, a lot of times it deals with, it, it depends on my mental state. Right. Too. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, that's what I was going to say. You, you know, I think people focus on the wrong thing they'll focus on the idea of the lonely artist mm -hmm. let's say and the myths that i gotta point out are things that i believed at one time and you know this because you're my son you've yeah. seen me in relationships and i always kind of tended to attract we we had my own energy and the other person's energy we would attract and it was this always this up and down mm -hmm. um toxic you know kind of relationship it would be filled with love but it would be bad at the sure. same time and i would say to myself well i'm an artist like artists go through you know tumultuous relationships <laughs> there's so many stories and it's true there are mhm mm and I think there's something in that where when you're an artist, um, you can have preconceived notions of what it is, what being an artist is. I read the book Junkie by William S. Burroughs way back mm -hmm. and definitely wanted to try heroin <laughs> because artists do drugs. You know, artists drink or are drunker. You know, I, tr I almost tried to fit into stereotypes of what an artist is supposed to be so that I could feel like I was an artist. Why I needed to feel like it, I don't know, because I actually produce art. Right. But I had to feel like I was an artist. So, you know, the, those that, you know, or that you have to be poor and you have to totally struggle. These are myths. Yeah. These are myths, Absolutely. and, and as, as a creative person, if you fall into trap the trap of believing in those myths, then you truly may end up being the lonely, lonely artist. yeah, depressed artist. That's how that comes about. Yeah, I I, I feel my perception of uh, people that kind of fit within that um, stereotype of like the the lonely artist who's poor, who's on the street, barely making any money, like just you know making a painting or whatever or whatever um it, it's like 
you know, you know, horrible girlfriends and all that shit or whatever, horrible relationships, um, toxic people around them. A lot of it just comes down to the fact that how you are brought up definitely influences the, the way, the, the, the way you progress in the world. But see, that's the thing is as a creative, there's, there's there, I would say there's more creative people who grow up in non-creative households. Sure. And they're the one where everyone's like, that's the weirdo. He's head in the clouds and he's always dreaming. And, you know, oh, it, that yeah, happens. Me, me. You know? Yeah, I've been there. You know? You know, like, I I mean, I, it wasn't like I was totally shot down for trying to be me. But, but yeah, just have, you know, having people in, in uh, San Jose, like, whenever I would tell people, like, you know, oh, what do you want to do? I want to be an artist. Why do you want to do that? Don't do that. Like that there's no money in it. There's no Let me ask you something. This is something as just as we're talking. Mm. Because our our history is that there were some years where I was not doing well. Yeah. I was in Oakland. True. I was I was an hour away. You were in San Jose. But I was not doing well. Yeah. And um so I wasn't around you. Yeah. So to me, I'm I'm I've always wondered, I'm like, I I wasn't there to really influence them. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you, as opposed to going, I don't want to be an artist. My dad's on drugs and totally mentally messed up right now. You know, I don't want to do that. How did you end up coming to find solace in creativity and dreaming and, and, and well, gaming and well, to be fair, like, well, I've never had the mindset of, I don't want to be an artist. That's not, not really how I thought at first. Um, I, I've not, you know, the idea of art was not something I was averse to. It's just, you know, when I was younger, I was more singular minded and wanted a certain type of thing, like growing up, like video games. Like that was one of the things that I was interested in growing up. Like first, console was a sega genesis playing sonic the hedgehog and all that shit and then you know but eventually like the anime manga style of yeah that yeah yeah anime like i said in episode zero that that was like a huge turning point for me and to be honest i don't know exactly was it what was it a was it okay just like because i know you've talked about your gaming yeah was a way to kind of escape well yeah things i think when did art like drawing become kind of that or was it that or was it something different well i mean yeah really when it comes down to it art was an escape for me that was you know it started off just me drawing stick figures and shit like like most people start off doing they oh stick figure Mm -hmm. stick fights you know shit like that yeah um you know and it's just uh you know and I didn't think of anything of it at the time. I was just being a kid, you know, like in, in school. I hated school, you know, I, you know, and of course with the whole, uh, you know, just being, being raised by a single mom and all that shit and kind of this dysfunction and all that stuff. It's like, I wasn't happy at home. So it's like, so what you're saying is you looked around, you, you got to hit the button, the button. Yeah. You looked around you at all the people. Why is everyone so fucking stupid? <laughs> yeah, basically that yeah. that was basically yeah. I, I hated I hated going to school, um, you know, and you know, yeah. I just felt weird. I, I definitely felt weird as a kid because like, like I, like I just remember like having like little memories of like going to school, and I, I you know, I never really. Or just seeing, um, I'm sorry, hold on. Let's back that up. Uh, rewind. Um, like, just little memories, like seeing kids being picked up by their parents. You know, mom and dad. I, you know, and I didn't really have that. I just felt awkward. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really feel normal growing up and didn't really, you know. It's hard to explain uh, a lot. But a lot of kids go through that. Yeah, yeah A lot of sure. kids turn into artists. Sure, that's true. Um, so, but... In the end, it's like I—I I guess what just got me into art was just it was a way to kind of 
get things off my chest and but I never but when I first started doing art I never really thought of it as a way to make money and or I mean that there was a point where I thought maybe I could because there was other people that were doing it but then I would tell people about it like my mom or which by the way hi mom it you know I'm not talking shit about you I love you so much this is just how it was um and just you know telling people around me what I wanted and just being shot down and it well that happens because it, yeah. it's so it is such a different idea of life. Oh well, yeah, it's it's not it's not normal. It's a very that's not most it's a minority. Most people growing up, they're taught especially like in a healthy household, they're taught you should go to college mm-hmm. and you should get a degree in engineering or something like that or uh computer play science it, or play, play yeah, it play it safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like get you know, do the safe thing. Um and me, I was not thinking about that. But when I was constantly being shot down, you know, from my dream, you know, I just, you know, there was a point later on in my life where it's like I was just working, you know, in uh, Home Depot and doing food jobs and all this other stuff. And I just felt miserable. Like I didn't feel like I belonged in that area. And I knew every time I did anything creative, in fact, uh, kind of going back like I you know by the time I was starting to work uh, or or not even working but like when I was in high school YouTube became a thing and uh, we talked about this a little bit already mm-hmm. with uh, episode zero but so I'm not going to go over everything but like um, I remember just seeing YouTube like I remember being introduced to YouTube you know like someone like uh, I was I think I was like watching Naruto at the time mm-hmm. or like whatever anime was popular at the time and uh, YouTube was starting to become a thing. And my friends would be like, dude, there's this website where you could like watch free anime <laughs> or yeah, some yeah, shit. Yeah. But but it was like shitty 240p uh, fucking like three minute clips of like n- like Naruto. And it was like multi part uh, parts of an episode. Like so to watch a whole episode, it'd be like one out of 10 videos. Right. Because <laughs> it's like it's like each piece was like 10 minutes right, or some right, shit. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. You know, so because, yeah, it's like, yeah, that was you motherfuckers who watch YouTube. Now you get to watch videos that are like an hour long or streams that are like eight hours long or whatever, if you want to. But it's like back then it was 10 minutes or nothing. That was it. That's all you fucking could do. And that was. 2006. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a long time ago. Now, now, uh, going back when I uh, I actually wanted to correct the record because I thought it was 2006 when I started. It was it was not. It was 2007. Okay. So, but but that was still around that time period. Like that's OG period. Yeah, that was. So you know, okay, you're right. So I knew it was around 2006, 2007. But because I remember, I was living with Diane, and I had moved out of my first studio, Studio Absent. Mm -hmm. In yep. 2006 was when I left that place. Yeah. So, and and I was living with her, and she was the one that said, oh, Jordan's a YouTuber. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell's that? <laughs> the hell? Yeah, it was that? a new, yeah, it was a new thing. And um, I don't know what, well, actually, no, I do. I, I just don't remember all the details. But, like, I remember the first thing I started to do was, uh, like, because, like, I, because when I first learned about YouTube, I was just, flabbergasted by it the idea of like people making their own videos and putting it on the internet i was just like what the hell that's so weird but cool that's also you know really cool thing it just attracted me just off the idea of it you know because it was so brand new it's it's funny to look back on it because it's like now it's just like a duh thing like you have stuff like tiktok where it's like super easy to just use your phone and make a quick like one minute video yeah uh, you know uh, people doing stupid shit and you go go viral, but it's like back then. It's like it was not that at all. It's like you had to be very creative. I remember and being in, I I want to say, it had to be 2010, 2011, and there were smartphones. Yeah, yeah. Apple but, had a phone, but I had a dumb phone. Yeah. Well, that was that was still a, that was still a time period where you could still get away with like a like a. Like a, a simple uh, cell phone with like buttons on it. 
Yeah. Like like that's a, what I had. Yeah, like a BlackBerry or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like a Nokia or something. Yeah, or or no, yeah, that that it's funny. Like I remember that shit. Like the the old uh, green LED. Yeah. Fucking Nokia trying, phones. Trying to get onto the web. Yeah, and you text with and to text shit, you had to fucking like one use, was ABC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was, you had to use the individual number buttons and click through them. Yeah. Oh, it was so terrible. Yep, yeah. So fucking awful. I have a question. What? What as you've become a crew? A creative what have you thought in terms of myths of the lonely artist did you believe that's the way it's supposed to be yourself or did you ever you know has did you have an outlook that has changed around it or do you feel like a lonely artist sometimes well that's a that's an that's a good question um not sure if I can answer it in the best way. Um, I mean, I guess if anything, like as far as the whole, because I, I guess I don't necessarily look at it as a lonely artist thing. It's just that's who I am as a person. I'm a very introverted person. I'm much more better about talking to people now because I guess to rewind, like yeah, there was when, a he, when, point, he's, when he's on the microphone yeah. or in front of a camera, he's good. Yeah. Like the, the, <laughs> there's a lot, I know there's a lot of people when they watch my videos or, or like say my anime whole videos, like those are scripted, Yeah, you know, but like I come across a certain way when I'm delivering my lines and all that stuff. Or even when I do a video, just talking about a subject, like I come across more confident, Yeah, you know, or I come across like I, you know, and I have this sort of charisma about me. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is like, I'm not that guy all the time. Not really. In fact, I, now I'm much better now because there was a point, I remember this so vividly. There was a point in my life when I was a kid. I, I remember back when we were seeing you in Oakland, mm -hmm. uh, me and Julian. Julian's my brother, by the way. Um, and, um, you would like, like, <laughs> you, you gave us like a few bucks to go to McDonald's or some shit. And I was so shy. But Julian, and Julian was younger. So you gave me the money. It's like, you know, go to the McDonald's and get, you, get, get yourself like a cheeseburger or something. And so we went alone. Yeah. And, and I've never, and I never really did shit like that because my mom would always do it for me. And I was super shy. Yeah. And I just remember like going up to the counter to buy a cheeseburger was a fucking ordeal. Like it was like this, like, yeah, it just it, it like, can I like, that's what it was like. It, it was a car crash in slow motion and it, it's just, it felt horrible, but eventually it got over that, mm. you know? Um, in fact, I guess if anything, like, I mean, I, I, hold on. I need to recalibrate for a second. Um, well, I was just going to say that this is a, an interesting thing when it comes to creatives of all type that they have a, there's a certain, um, public persona. Yeah. Uh, a front. Oh yeah. 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 And, and what, I mean, so many of our, um, especially actors, man. There's so many actors who you would think from the outside they got it all, mm -hmm. and they're live. You know, they got millions of dollars sure. and great house and Hollywood and all that, and they're doing drugs, you know, in yeah. their house, and they end up overdosing. Yeah, was it Philip Seymour Hoffman? And oh yeah, yeah. Robin Williams killed himself. Yeah, himself. It, it is, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like, um. You know, I guess going back to like just my perception of the whole lonely artist thing, it's like I think if anything, the reason why I, you know, yeah, I, I do look at the lonely artist stereotype as a huge misconception, just because when in rea in reality, like in my opinion, like. The, the kind of people you see that are that kind of person and are doing the, that kind of shit, you know, being artists and stuff like that, and they just kind of have this way about them that's not, you know, it's it's just very different. It's like m most people 
like especially just speaking for myself it's like growing up i had i wasn't i didn't have the hardest upbringing i wasn't like abused in like the worst ways imaginable or anything like that but um you know growing up in a single mom household and you know having dysfunction and you know just um you know just <laughs> like apparently i was on ritalin which i don't remember Mm-hmm. You know, which like I, I didn't even know about that until you fucking told me and like really thinking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a good period of my time. And I didn't know this, but actually when you told me that I actually looked up like how does Ritalin affect kids? Apparently, if you give Ritalin to kids, uh, there's a good uh, a good amount of kids that will have short term short term memory loss. Mm. So there's a bunch of time that you kind of just. Don't yeah, remember. it's like there are like there are moments that I have a fuzzy memory on but i don't remember it clearly at all yeah you were you were being drugged yeah and it's like you know that you know even like stuff like mom thought i was autistic i don't think that now yeah yeah. because and i i definitely know i'm not that now because well i think what they do is they they put labels on a person's way of being mm -hmm. more often than not Mm -hmm. to explain why the why the person is like that yeah exactly but they're just a person and certain stresses have affected them yeah like i never i never again don't want to go off on your mom but just the idea that to never to never question whether it's something that i'm doing the parent Mm -hmm. that is the reason and you know actually growing up in the 80s one of the great uh, rock and roll songs of the time was <laughs> was institutionalized by uh, suicidal tendencies. Oh, okay, and that was a song that so many kids related to, and that's when we started hearing um, um, words like uh, or terms like dysfunctional family mm-hmm. and and latch key kids because the kids would come home, no one would be home, they'd have to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And the family was all dad's sleeping over here and mom's with the pool boy or whatever, you know, but everyone's trying to make it look like it's all good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but my my parents did this with my brother, Ryan. Mm-hmm. He's acting out. My my mom, mom and dad's are our family, even though we're religious, Jehovah's Witness, and we were supposed to look like the perfect family. We were highly dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And... Um, because of the dysfunction of the family, my younger brother was really acting out. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't know what to do. And again, my dad wasn't like, maybe it's because I abuse my kids or, <laughs> you know, or something. None of the, right. <laughs> nothing, something that never did he ask that. He just was like, something's wrong with my son. Right. So one day, guys in white coats showed up. Right. I have a question for the God. <laughs> yeah so they put him in a in an institution for a while around a bunch of kids that were suicidal and tried to you know slit their wrists and stuff and again every kid was in there not just because they were mental right but because of their environment yeah especially at home but it's never the parents you know <laughs> so yeah it's it's uh i could see it being a and again, that, I think that's the funny thing is that a lot of artists and, and creative people come from environments like that. Well, yeah, I, I find that a good amount of people that are creative, even just people I've met uh, who are creative, um, like uh, my now deceased friend, uh, Jason, um, you know, he was a guitarist, you know, and, um, you know, very creative person, very smart, um, you know, good dude. But he was fucked up. Dude was fucked up. I didn't know he was fucking a heroin addict. Mm. That you know, just I remember when he died and I learned about that shit. I felt like he lied to me. You know, I felt like I was deceived and it felt but I also was sad because it's like I didn't know Well he couldn't share it with anyone. Yeah, and like they're just learning all this shit from his girlfriend, um, you know, about all that shit. It's just it broke my heart, you know, and but that's the thing, it's like yeah, like a good amount of these lonely artists, it's like a lot of them just they use art as a way to express how they feel. And, you know, even like just what I'm doing, mm-hmm. wh- whether it's my anime whole shit or just when I draw stuff or, um, you know, just whatever. Like, 
you know, it's just, I tried to use that stuff as a way to express what I feel about things um, or, you know, and use my own personal experience to kind of relay how I feel about something, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I feel that's how it is. Like, you know, cause just, just with me, it's like, I, you know, I know a good amount of just, just my YouTube shit. Like a lot of that just came down to, like I didn't have any friends really, or I or I did, but I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel good about myself. I had a shitty self-image, um, which I've gotten way better about now. I don't have that much of a bad self-image now, but there are definitely times where I still have to overcome that. Like, you know, like there was that one girl I was talking to you about. Mm-hmm. Like even just with her, it's like this fucking just having text exchanges and then i think that something went wrong and i'm like thinking i did oh did i you know having these insecurities i'm like no no no. which i think that is totally normal it's normal you know but you know like but it's just even just having to overcome those thoughts i used to have as a younger kid you know and just like that's a you know just and you will in anyone out there listening you can grow through some of this yeah, you can overcome I mean, it i mean my experience and you know this mm-hmm. okay i'm 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 wearing a pair of blue vans off the wall <laughs> i am wearing all black right now but i'm yeah. chilling mm-hmm. but um i wear colored shirts i wear white t-shirts now i you know i used to not wear anything that had color in it it was all black all the time all my friends wore all black all the time everyone was I was around a lot of creative people, that, especially Oakland. Yeah, yeah, Fifteen yeah. years, I was yeah, around yeah. a lot of creative people, but there were a lot of creative people that were depressed. Yep. You know, would actually the black and and that kind of look was armor mm-hmm. against the world. You know, I listened to very dark, sinister, angry, fast music. You know. Yeah. Because. It it, it 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 made me feel a sense of power in a world where I truly inside felt very powerless. And I think a lot of the people that I was associating with uh, in the Bay Area were like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember basically it, it actually started before 2010 when I started questioning if I could be a different person. And this was. There was a great there's a great line in in Fight Club. If you wake up in a different time, a different oh, yeah. place, can you be a different person? Right. And I remember, I think it was I, it was 2003. As a matter of fact, I can remember this because I went uh, on a trip with my girlfriend Diane to um, we went to Boston, but we ended up uh, in Northampton, Massachusetts, staying with a girl I had tattooed when she was in the Bay area and uh we went to a show it was michael fronti and spearhead they're from san francisco and the the ladies we were staying with had bought us tickets so we go into northampton mm-hmm. co- college town um very beautiful it's like it's like the pacific northwest with all the beautiful trees and everything and um i remember this is when i had my long 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 dreadlocks mm-hmm. <laughs> And I remember being there, and there, uh, Michael Franti, his, his band, and they they had this incredible positive message, especially a positive message that they're relaying to the people listening, knowing that the world is crazy and scary and hard, and but to you know keep a positive view, and so literally. I would cross my arms, like, <clears throat> listen to all this positive fuck bullshit, right? Yeah. And then I would find myself grooving and dancing. Yeah. And then I'd catch myself. <laughs> and I'd cross my arms, what the fuck? Positive, right. positive, right. stupid. right and at a certain point i remember i grabbed uh diane and i dragged her to the back Mm -hmm. and i i think i kind of had a mini meltdown okay like a mental kind of break because i remember just kind of asking her i was trying to work out the idea of 
being raised a certain way and because of the um, things that affect you as you're growing, you st it starts molding you into this person. Yeah. Do you have to be that person? Or can you change into a different person? And I remember when I finally got to that question, she said, Oh my God, I love you. Because <laughs> I was like, I was going through the really hard time in my... because. Because I felt like the things that I went through I um, were a part of my identity that I had to carry around with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And again, I have to bring this back around to the mental health issue within you know, the creative community at large because I think that is something that, that weighs heavily on people. Mm -hmm. They feel that they are again. If you're, if you, especially if you're some sort of celebrity, mm -hmm. how do you change? How do you get to a point where, unless you're like doing a ton of drugs and everyone knows, kind of like Gucci Mane mm -hmm. or something like that, and you're fat and out of shape and like doing criminal shit, and yeah. while you're trying to be a rapper, perfect example of this. And he did all. He ended up doing all this time and came out a completely different person. Yeah, you know. But it normally. Normally, people can't do that. They feel like they're stuck and they're going to have to live out this existence, you know, yeah. and they can't be different. And well, that's definitely something that's going to weigh heavy on anyone and make them depressed. Oh, sure. Yeah, that, that's the thing, though. Like, that's 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 a barrier that you can't overcome. It's just something that you have to make the choice to do. And it's a really hard choice. And it's really it's really sad when because I've seen this happen where it's like there are people where it's like they have this block, like they have this mental block or whatever, like the, uh, whether it's like their circumstances or whatever, you know, like they grew up a certain way and they feel fucked up and all that stuff. By the way, if you have any sort of issues that might require talking to a therapist or something, stop it, get some help. Seriously. Like, Go go talk to somebody if you yeah, need we'll to. Yeah, we'll even post a, a a number. Yeah, like like a, a like hotline. a hotline or something like that yeah. in the description. So, because um, you know, mental health is super important to well, take care of. Definitely, why we're talking a little bit about. I think even the the that's why I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the idea of the lonely artist and is this a myth or whatever. I I, I knew I'm like, well, we're gonna have to talk about mental health because. Yeah. The, the idea of being lonely is, for example, and this is a great uh, topic for right now because we've all been on the journey of a pandemic yeah, yeah. happening yeah. And, and and our world shutting down from, yeah. from Dude, us I, Like I remember just reading the stories of like people who were very social creatures who would go out and do, you know, live in the world. Then the lockdowns happened because of the flu, the the you know, the COVID and all that shit. And I was going to make a joke, but I decided not to. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to be professional be, here. Be good. You know, so, um, but, um, but yeah, it's like just seeing certain articles of like people who were just these social butterflies being told to live in their homes and they can't go out really. Yeah, those people got... And they... And they suicidal. They, yeah, they got they got depressed. Like, there was a bunch of people who were in marriages that all of a sudden they're, they just... Their marriage went to shit. Mm -hmm. You know, just a bunch... You know, it changed a lot of people in negative ways. Mm -hmm. You know, now me, it's like I've kind of been on my own for a long time. So and I you enjoy you it. enjoy your yeah, solitude. Yeah, and I like I like being in now to not get twisted. Like I do get lonely to the point where I do want to be around people. Although I am fortunate that I do live with someone else. That happens to be my dad, so I think that also helps. But you know, it's like I I was more fortunate, I guess, to be able to deal with that better than most people. Whereas most people, they're very social creatures. And they can't handle. It just goes to show, like we need people in our lives, and like it. In oh, fact, absolutely. Especially when it comes to mental health, I think one of the biggest, like, if you're like, because even just going back to me and my upbringing, it's like, like my self image and all that. Like now, nowadays, it's like I go to the gym and I I've lost a good amount of weight. Like uh, like since I started going to the gym and eating better and all that stuff, like I lost over. 
like from I used to weigh like almost halfway to 300 pounds. Now I'm like all, about under th- 230. Mm. And it's like you lost 20 pounds. I feel much better about myself now. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was a kid, it's like I, you know, I had this perception of myself, this self image where and it was a it was a mental thing. It was a very mental thing that I, it was hard to overcome because I was f- way more fatter. You know, or I, or I was uh, I was just generally unhealthy. You know, I, I wasn't really, you know, encouraged to really go like to to do wrestling or anything like that in yeah. school or, or, you know, or jog or anything like that. It's a <laughs> soft, soft J. <laughs> um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I I just didn't have the right influences around me. And then on top of that, it's just being in school it's just i didn't feel good about myself like people would pick on me and you know the girl most of the girls didn't really like me you know and that shit weighed on my mind and it made me feel bad mm. and that you know that, and that's that's stuff that became my identity i guess being the lonely fat kid that drew drew in his journal mm-hmm. you know and stuff like that and so you know, and I didn't really want that, but I just didn't know how to get beyond that for a long while. Mm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is like you can get over that. It's just you have to have a the right people around you and you have to be willing to be around the right people and identify when you're in like when you have the wrong people around you. Because mm. um, uh, like, yeah, it, like I think a, a definitely a good thing to to change like how you feel about yourself is being around the right people for sure because if you're around because like i remember like uh just when i was in portland like um most of my friends out there were just people like me Mm. where it's like they were depressed or they just had these fucked up things about them that made them feel bad or they did drugs or whatever and it was just not good and so i didn't really progress until I eventually did. In fact, when I started to identify the issues with myself and I wanted to change. In fact, I want to say the moment I really started to change was when I did those, uh, those, um, what was it? The open mics, mm. the comedy open mics. And um, that was when I started to kind of feel a lot better about myself. And that's when I started to kind of detach from my old friends and all that. Um, although I think the the moment that really kind of made me shift into a different mode of being was when I had that moment with that one girl who will not be named. And, um, you know, I had this like, I love you moment, you know, like all that (laughs) shit. And just, I got dropped like a sack of potatoes and that really made me feel bad. And, but then I eventually just took stock and went, you know what? I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. I didn't fucking know shit. So I, then I was looking for answers to change myself. And it and really, it came down to the simplest shit. Go to the gym. Hey, you're overweight and you want to lose weight? Eat better. You know, and not just when I say eat better, I mean, like, look at foods that are less calorie dense and not full of fats and sugars and all that stuff. Like, you know, you know, go into the gym, lift weights. You don't even need to lift a lot of weight. Just, you know, do, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of workout. Lift heavy. You know, do you lift or go home? Do you lift, bro? I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. Yeah. I, you know, big muscles. Anyways, back to what I was saying. It's like, like I started feeling better just when I just started to like identify the things that were. You know, like even just like with simple things like, you know, me having a hard time like talking to people or even talking to girls. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it came down to my mentality and my self-image, like just even like talking to girls. Like I used to have such a fucking hard time with that shit, mm. you know, and, you know, it's still hard, but, you know, it's never not an easy thing. But it's also one of those things where it's like when you have a better mindset about yourself and how you operate in the world, it's a lot easier. Especially, it's like, here's the thing, people. Hot girls are people, too. You know, and if you could just get over the fact that they look a certain way and you may look not as good as them, 
Like at the end of the day, they're just people too. And once you get over that, you can talk to them. Yeah. And that's something I found out, you know, just growing up. People are people. People are people. And As everyone's human. As a matter of human. fact, I think uh, it was a, you, you didn't say it, it was your brother. But I think we had went to a dystopia show, the band Dystopia in Berkeley. And I was watching you guys. And afterwards, we went to the after party at Dino's place. Okay. Uncle Dino. <laughs> Dino Samisi. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm kind of pointing out to you guys. Oh, that's Matt Pike. He's a total, he's a total rock star. And, you know, that's Billy Anderson. He's a recording engineer. And that's, you know, and I'm pointing out these people that are in these bands, these big Bay Area bands. And Julian, your brother, turned to me at a certain point and said, kind of tugged on me. <laughs> and I looked, I said, what? What is it? He's like, all the rock stars? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what about them? He's like, they're just people. <laughs> and I was like, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, they're just normal. They just yeah, do. Exactly. They choose to do something different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing about people. When you, you just realize that everyone is just human, and they are just going through their own human experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, that, yeah, it, it is, it's, you know, I'm, I got. I had a frame. I had a thought, and I just totally lost it. Poignant but, thought gone. <laughs> I hate it when my thoughts go down a fucking memory hole, and I don't know where it went. Yeah. Um. No, no. I remember what I was saying. So, like, you know, it's just at the end of the day, it's just like uh, just going back to the whole lonely artist shit and all that stuff. It's like the reality is like. You know, lonely artists are just, you know, they're people just like everyone else. It's just they took a different path to, you know, they took a path that made sense to them. And that was what they chose to, you know, whether it was to deal with their own like reality and to kind of express themselves or just, you know, that's just who they are. And they they just felt, felt that was the most comfortable way of going through life. Well, I think a lot of, again, you 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 pointed out. You said that you think it's a mis- misconception because it is because what happens is people that aren't creative or artists or musicians or whatever, um, they it's kind of like a person that has not, no tattoos, mm-hmm. and then they see a person that's heavily tattooed, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Or they're not tattooed, and Excuse me. It's all right. It's not COVID. I hit my my <laughs> vape pen. Um, or what happens is, and this happens a lot because I tattoo people. I've been doing it for 20 years. And, you know, I'll get people in that are getting their first tattoo. And a lot of times what happens is the person, once the person that doesn't want tattoos finds out that you're going to get one or you just got one they have a problem with it (laughs) and the problem is it's not that you got the tattoo or that you want to get the tattoo it's that the they the critical person they know that if they got a tattoo they would not feel comfortable about it because what would everyone say about them? Right. And and so that's why they, they deride it. So it's kind of like the same with, you know, the creative persona versus the kind of normal person persona. Sure. Why would you want to do that? Because they couldn't imagine doing it. And as a matter of fact, they wouldn't even take the time to try to imagine sure. living as an artist or being a, li- a working musician so basically, and this is this is the goal of of any kind of creative endeavor is to pay your bills with yeah, it. Exactly. You should you should be able to pay your bills. You should be able to buy a car. You should be able to go on a vacation. And to me, a successful artist is someone who has taken, you know, their artistry and their passion and turned it into something where it is their job. Right. And which isn't bad because a lot of the things that I do. 
I don't feel like I'm working. The only time I ever feel like I'm working is if I have a client that it's kind of hard to deal with or they're nitpicky or they can't understand something about tattoo, say. Right. And that's when it feels like work. But for the most part, anything that I'm doing that's creative, it's something that I um, I enjoy um, and, and I find it challenging because mm-hmm. I think any, for me, uh, when I'm being artistic, I don't want to do something that's easy. I always want to kind of do something that's challenging to me. Sure. And so, you know, um, that as long as I'm able to do that, I'm, I'm a happy camper. And that's why I think, you know, if, if you're buying into, if you're a creative person, if you're buying into certain myths that you're supposed to be broke or on drugs or drunk or in crazy relationships, or that if you actually start really making money at it, you're a sellout. Right. If you believe, if you let yourself fall into those traps of believing in that, you will become depressed and you will start yeah. start messing with the chemicals in your brain by using other chemicals right. and you're going to be unbalanced. I, I went to rehab in 2010 and I spent two weeks in a mental hospital. Right. And it was because I was trying to get off of opiates and I was so deeply depressed and so just in a very bad place that once the drugs were taken away and I'm starting, I'm cleaning up, now my brain chemistry is just so out of whack, you know, I'm, I'm hearing voices and getting paranoid and all that, you know. And so I ended up spending two weeks in a mental place. Yeah. Um, but I had fallen into that trap mm-hmm. of what it is to be an artist. And what I thought being an artist was is to be self-destructive <laughs> and crazy and have crazy relationships. And now I, I do not prescribe to that, yeah, that viewpoint. It's not. You know, I had an unhealthy outlook with um the idea of living as creative and i'm glad i survived it and since then you know you've seen me because we we there was a period of time we weren't around each other right and then um 2010 rehab 2011 really got myself together 2012 i moved into my second studio over by uh oakland oakland high school and that's when we start seeing each other again yeah so since then, you know, I've been on this this trip of uh, healing. <laughs> oh God, the dogs! Got the dog up on on the seat. But yeah, that's that's kind of been my my own journey was was someone that you know didn't want to because again, I would say if if you are depressed, if you're going through it, seek help. Yeah, it's important. You can't do it by yourself. You know, everybody and, needs somebody. Yeah. And there's there's resources out there for you, mm-hmm. you know, and you can get a handle on what's going on in your head and you can change your life. You know, you can. I'm I'm living proof of that. Mm-hmm. You know, if I that's that's why this is important to me. Mm-hmm. That's why we have these conversations. That's why we created Crook and Candle. Yep. Is exactly. to you know discuss the the you know the artist, the entrepreneur, the creative, and their journey to a healthy life mm-hmm. and you know a positive you know life. And I, I have to give back because there were people that actually saved my life um, through this whole journey, and so this is all a part of giving back to you know from me is I want other people to know that, yeah, I've been, I've been where you're at and you know, it is possible to, to be different and change. Um, takes work. Yeah. Takes a lot of work and it takes some time. I want to say it took at least after about 40 years of, you know, life to change my worldview and, and the way I looked at things and to be more positive and, all that it, yeah. t- it took it was a definite 10-year journey part of the journey was moving to portland 
Although I'd say the big problem with that was I kind of got sucked into because I literally kind of left a lot of the. All right, Kali, get off. I left a lot of the people in when I was in Oakland when I decided I I needed to change. Mm-hmm. I kind of left those people um, because I needed, you know, positive uh, people around me. And when I moved to Portland, seeking that, I ended up hanging out with a lot of the same type of people that I did when I was in Oakland. So I didn't really have a good, <clears throat> a good uh, experience in Portland, but I continued to believe, you know, in a, in a bigger picture for myself. And eventually an opportunity to move to Seattle came mm. and I came up, you followed me. We lived in this place called the Dollhouse on <laughs> on the Ave. In That's the a story on its own. Yeah, the University District. We're going to actually talk about the Dollhouse and uh, the woman who owned it and how we ended up <laughs> uh, there, dude. That's that's an episode in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. And uh, even then, you know, I had my own apartment. You were with your brother, and then mm-hmm. he moved out. Then I moved in with you. Yeah. So you could we could handle you could handle the rent. But the idea was to move out, and then COVID happened. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and we, we had to stay in that place for another year. Yeah, it's, and it was it was not good, and kept kept the faith, had plans, mm-hmm. had kind of timelines, and made it happen to where we ended up moving to Ballard. I'm working in Ballard. Things opened up. You're working in Ballard. Yep. You know, um, so everything's really convenient. We're right now we're in our apartment uh, recording this, but one of the big plans is hopefully very soon. I'm looking forward to the next year to actually make this happen, to actually have a physical studio studio where we'll be recording this. We can do uh, product shots and and, Mm -hmm. uh, product videos there. We can actually have meetings with uh, clients for our our production company, Third Gen Media, and um, continue to, to you know, really make business happen in the world of digital media with us. Um, but yeah, having a studio of our own. Yeah. That, I, I am so pumped about that. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah, that would be the next step for sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's, we're taking the steps to get to where we need to be. And a part of that happening. And I want to say, I want to say this because, because of the fact that, you know, social distancing and yeah. not being able to go to to a show or see music and all that stuff. Um, at the same time, working on having our business, Third Gen Media, work, there's been a lot of education that I had to take. And, you know, it sometimes it's been overwhelming and sometimes I've dropped... <laughs> My insecurities on you, mm-hmm. like, because yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. anyone else. I don't have anyone else. Like, the amount of time that I was in Seattle before COVID happened was not long enough. I didn't meet. I didn't meet any friends. I made like a couple, like yeah. Amber, yeah, yeah, Amber yeah. Graf. She's hella cool. And I finally just recently kind of made a couple of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't have enough time to really make friends before COVID happened. And then it was a year you know, well, six months at least, because I think we were locked down from March, and I think in July they opened back. I was able, I was able to tattoo again, mm-hmm. but that situation was so bad. When I went back to that shop, I I just quit. <laughs> I'm like, nope, nope. And then a couple yeah. months, couple months went by, and I ended up at Northwest Creations, where I'm still at. I love that place, mm-hmm. and we're definitely probably going to end up shooting something over there. I would love to do that because it's a uh, I'd like to do a doc, a mini doc on kind of me and what I've, what I've done. And, yeah. you know, I'm 50. I've done a lot of art and I've seen a lot of things and had a couple of drinks and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, basically you have been the person closest to me to witness my own life change. Yeah. And again, eventually it was 2019 where, where I came up with the idea for third gen media. And I, I asked you, you know, what do you think about a production company? And you would be head of post-production. You did editing and da da da. And you were like, what? (laughs) But then you thought about it. You're like, we, you're right. And I'm like, I can, I will figure out how to get the funding. 
we just got to put a plan together. Spent some time working out a business plan, approached, uh, what is it called, an angel investor. Mm -hmm. Got some money. So we got all that stuff to do this business, but then again, COVID happened. So now we're relaunching, you know, um, thank, thank you to my mom for being the angel investor your grandma yep. and i know she's probably she's she's been great because she hasn't been like where's my money at she's actually been cool about it and you know i always want her to know that we definitely i the money that we got is always has been put into and to good purpose so that me and you Yep. can actually have a great business as far as something that's creative and something that we believe in. And, you know, we put in our own money, like you put in money for a lot of this stuff uh, yeah. and well, all this, you shit. know, so yeah. we've been investing, mm-hmm. we've been doing the positive work so that mm-hmm. yep. as time is going to go by, you know, COVID's here, but things are opening back up. People are trying to be safe. I'm glad I don't live in like Florida or Texas or anything like that. Cause the people in Pacific Northwest, they're not tripping about, Oh, they're trying to take my Liberty away. Cause they have to wear a mask. No, no one's like that. Everyone's pretty chill about it. And everyone kind of wears their masks and don't complain. So I know that eventually I'll continue to grow uh, a group of good people around me. Mm-hmm. You will too, mm-hmm. you yep. know, putting down roots and stuff like that until hopefully one day we can move this whole sideshow to Europe because that is the big plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we won't be no, no lonely artists. No. Long. No, that's not the, not the plan. Like we need to get, get ourselves out there and, you know, get people to know who we are. Yeah. You know, because otherwise we don't have a fucking business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, it's hard. It's hard. It takes yeah. a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. You know, it takes a lot of grit. You know, like for me, the big, my biggest thing is, yeah, getting clients because I have to be a salesperson. Now I've been a salesperson in a long time ago, you know, back in my 20s. So I know how to do it. But. I'd love to be able to hire someone that was the salesperson (laughs) and I can just, you know, work on the business, but that'll come with due time. Yeah, it'll come. That's, that's, that's the whole point of, of all this. Even if you're going through a period of time where you're lonely, it's going to change. You can make a change. It's not permanent, you know, you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're taking care of your mental health. You know, reach out to even if you got, you know, some people that aren't in the same town that you're in or different city, different, you know, country, even different state. Yeah. Reach out. Just say hi to people. Have some interactions with people. We need it. Right. Exactly. It's if important. You have, yeah. I guess to, to just kind of start to close this episode out because we've been going over this for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, um, you know, if you're alone. Or if you don't feel like you have anybody, the fact of the matter is there are people out there to help you. There are, you know, whether, you know, whether it's family, whether it's friends or whatever, there are people out there for you. If you don't have any friends or whatever, there are definitely services that would be willing to help you out. Therapists, counselors, you know, uh, hotlines, which, by the way, we will definitely put some hotlines down below in the description of this, uh, I, whether it's the video of a podcast or whether it's the audio podcast, which, which I guess to kind of wrap this up, our podcast is on Spotify. It is on Stitcher and is on Apple Podcasts currently. So if you, that's where you can get all the shit, um, and then we're also going to have Instagram and Twitter and all that to you know advertise the shit and Facebook as well. Um, but um, but but. Besides all that, like um, just in all seriousness, if you're feeling depressed or whatever, we're going to put some hotlines down below for like a depression hotline and a suicide hotline and stuff like that. Just because, you know, your life is precious and, you know, just there are people out there to help you. So don't don't think you're alone. Yeah. As a matter of fact, like you said, as we close it down, this podcast is for you. This is kind of a little bit of a heavy one. Mm-hmm, and, sure. and we definitely always want to try and keep it positive and and i'm this is positive it's just heavy yeah um but the fact of the matter is if you're listening thank you for listening um if you if again like you were saying if, if you're feeling the, the blues 
you know, you got to do a little work and reach out. And yeah. it's, it's for your, yeah, your help. The, the only way you improve is if you choose to improve. Yeah. That is your choice. So we're here for you. We love you guys. And we want you to live a wonderful, prosperous, artistic life. And that's why we have this mm-hmm. podcast, Cro- yep. Crook and Candle. So yeah. thank you. With that said, this has been the first episode of Crook and Candle. Uh, we hope to have you guys on the next episode. We don't know necessarily what it's going to be about, but we'll figure it out. Um, and uh, this will drop on Monday. This, yeah, this will drop on Monday. Our schedule, as far as uh, when an episode comes out, the audio podcast at the very least will come out on every Monday. As far as the whole video version of this podcast, we still need. We're still working. We're, we need to figure that one out. We're filming it. We just not yeah. Sure. We just need to figure out how we want to uh, present, d- distribute it, and yeah. all that stuff. So, but yeah, like I said. We have the podcast on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and our uh, home base, which we is where we distribute the podcast through audio, uh, Launchpad One, which all those links will be on our bio.link, which is, uh, uh, I believe, bio.link slash crook and candle, which is just C-R-O-O-K-E and A-N-D-C-A-N-D-L-E. So again bio.link slash crook and candle all one word and that has all of our links on it which is our social media um you know and all the links to all those distribution platforms so go support us you know we're at it yeah and yeah and definitely let let us know how we're doing uh whether it's on our social medias or whatever let us know whether we're doing good or not if you have any feedback that would do a lot they do a lot for this podcast for sure. If you have any sort of questions or any ideas that you'd want to throw our ways for like a good topic for the podcast, let us know. That'd be really cool. Um, Cause I think a good thing that would make this podcast better is actual involvement of the people listening to this. Absolutely. So, and with that, we're out. Yeah. Have a good one. Crooked Take it candle. easy. See ya.